0: All right. What up guys? Welcome back to another episode of the living the dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Brenda Florida, who is a certified life coach. Brenda, how are you doing?
1: I am awesome. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun.
1: Oh, well, I have a very interesting past I've done a lot of different things. I got married very young, high school sweetheart, four kids, got married at 18, had four kids by the time I was 26. We started our first business at, I guess I was about 21. We had a Domino's pizza franchise. I'm not married to that husband anymore, um, but we had, we had three Domino's and four kids and um <laughs> So that was, you know, that was a lot before I was 30 years old. We sold the stores, you know, and I really hit my first sort of personal crisis then in my late twenties where I'm a very optimistic person by nature and I was depressed. And I knew that if I was depressed, something was wrong. Right. (laughs) So that's when I really started on my personal growth journey. So since then, you know, There's been a lot of things, but more recently in the last five years or so, I became certified as a life coach. I spent most, of, after we sold our Domino's pizza franchise, I got into real estate. And so career-wise, I spent the next 30-ish years in real estate, mostly managing offices. I owned an office for a while, regional president, different leadership roles. I listed and sold some but i loved the business and what i understand now is that what i loved in those leadership roles was helping other people grow their business and be better at what they do so that was my little life hint along the way that life coaching would be such a good fit for me i didn't quite get it until i was a life coach and looked back on it as life does so often right oh, yeah so then i became a life coach and you would think, I would love to say, and then everything was just wonderful. And I launched my business and I had six figures or more, and all the people <laughs> came. Or I could tell you <laughs> that I then, you know, it wasn't quite this quick of a timeline, but I did it part time for a while and whatnot. When I decided to go full time in my business was actually right about four years ago. And I had a very positive attitude and a big dream. And I was absolutely sure I was gonna manifest all this stuff. And I didn't have a lot of reserves, but I took the leap because that's the kind of person I am. I am a leaper, okay? And basically the short version is nothing I did worked, even though it was all tried and true. I went to all the right masterminds and all the things and I did all the things because I'm a doer, but nothing worked and I went broke. And I spent two years being homeless. In that, I didn't have my own home,
0: oh, and I, I was, was like, living...
1: like... <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna, I what didn't live on the street or in a box or in a shelter. If we want to only define homeless that way, um, but I didn't have the choice to pay for some place to live. <laughs> Most got... of the time, I couch surfed, I house sat."
0: Oh, that's homeless. When
1: I could, yeah, that's homeless. And then when I could afford it, I did an Airbnb, you know, inexpensive Airbnbs for sometimes only three or four days at a time because that was all the money I had to pay, right? That, you know, because you got to pay when you book. Yep. And yep. it was the most stressful. I thought I had had some roller coaster rides up to that point in my life. It was the most stressful thing I've ever done. And today I'm so grateful for it because what it, and a lot of what I do as a life coach, you could lump into the category of mindset. Okay. And so life is, yeah, right. (laughs) Really? It it really is. So what do you do when you're a life, a mindset life coach, who's broke and doesn't have a place to live? Like you can't get up and go to work that way. Right. So everything I'd ever learned and everything I had ever been through, just kind of got on steroids and I, it just became my job every day to get myself in a legit state feeling state of abundance, even though nothing in my external world was reflecting abundance to me. You know, I remember so many times I would have less than hundred dollars in the bank mm. and so that made me get really good at what I do. Because you can't fake that. Like, that's why affirmations so often don't work, I think. Um, because, you know, when our brains just saying, I'm abundant, I'm abundant, I'm abundant, but all I'm doing is focusing on that $50 in the bank and I'm terrified, and everything else in my body because of my feelings is in scarcity and, and fight or flight then who cares that some part of my brain is, you know, chanting abundance. Yep. And so I really learned how to shift my state without having the condition. So I, that might've been a rabbit trail you weren't planning on there, but <laughs> it's Love hard it. to say who I am without it. Like it's so much now of who I am and what inspires me, I would say at this point, and I don't mind saying I'm 61 years old, I would say that I am more ambitious and more driven today than I even have ever been. And I've always considered myself ambitious and driven. And I've done very well professionally, lest anyone think, you know, lay some sort of stereotype over the kind of people who end up in a homeless setting. I had had lots of success in my life and made money many times. Now, I chose not to just go get a job. Because for me, that didn't feel like alignment. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people who are entrepreneurs go get a job when they go broke. You know, that just from a spiritual standpoint, that didn't feel like what my soul was calling for. So at the cost of what that would put me through, I wanted to stay true to my soul. Yeah. What what I felt my soul was driving me towards. And I'm glad I did it. Um, I do live two blocks from the beach now and, uh, my stuff is out of storage and I have my own place and I love it. Right. I got palm trees right out the window and, you know, I feel like I live in heaven right now. Um, but it was a big journey and it affected me obviously tremendously.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. So um, real quick, what you do for fun, and then
1: I have. Oh some- yeah, fun. Well, um, I love the beach, so I love walking on the beach. I love right now. I'm loving um spin class at the gym. Like I'm in the cycle beat spin class. I love that. Um, I love to read. I love movies, travel. Is there that we a go. Good start? Is that a good <laughs> start? <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> That's
0: perfect. Okay. Now, I want to ask you in that state, you're homeless. Yeah. You're broke. Everything around you, all of your circumstances are screaming scarcity. Tell us about mm-hmm. the process of waking up every day and choosing abundance.
1: Yes. So for me, part of about half of the time I was in Southern California, And half the time I was in Pennsylvania. But when I was in Southern California, because those are where my people are. Um, So when I was in Southern California, I was lucky enough to be close to the beach. And so I would drive to the beach. My favorite beach in San Diego is La Jolla. For anybody who knows that beach, there's free beach parking there. So that was the other reason why I loved it, because parking was free. And I would go out there and I would walk on that beach until I could feel it because being in nature. So maybe for you, it's not a beach, it's the mountains, or maybe you're just like when I was in Pennsylvania, I didn't have the choice of going to the beach, but I would get myself outside because when we're in nature, we can start to find where abundance is, right? How often do you just hear one bird? No, you hear a bunch of birds, right? You see lots of trees, you see lots of water in the ocean, you know, whatever. And so I could, whenever we're stressed, whether it's a scarcity or anything that stresses us, it brings in our focus, right? Until it's narrow, 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 narrow. And when it's really bad, we can only see usually like one thing, yep. you know, like the moment I was Googling homeless shelters in my car, because I was afraid I, that's what would be my next step. That's all I could think about right like you just get so singularly focused well the truth is life is full of possibilities all the time but we have to be able to see them yep. you know it's like the highway you drive down with the billboard and after five times you never see that billboard anymore it's still there but you can't see it anymore so i and i knew that i believed that in my heart so I'm like, I just, I have to find it. I have to find a way to trigger the part of me that can legitimately believe there are going to be options. I can't see them right now, but there will be options. And that's what a, the abundance mindset is about to me, that, that there are things I can't see. And so now I've got to get myself in a place where I can see them. And being in nature is a great catalyst to reminding yourself that, oh no, wait a minute, there are a bunch of trees. There is a lot of grass it's growing every day. N- nothing has to make that happen. And so how can I just start to then feel that myself, that that must be possible for my life too. And then of course there would be those moments, I mean, I can think of several right off the top of my head where I'm standing on that beach and my phone rings and it's a friend who's leaving town tomorrow I was in my Airbnb that I had to be out of the next day. And I didn't have any money to get another Airbnb. And so that's why I was Googling homeless shelters. Um, And then this friend calls and he's like, you know, we're going out of town tomorrow. And I hadn't even thought about it. We never have a house sitter, but you can come stay in our house while we're gone. And boom, I had a place to live for a week. And I mean, I was just weeping. I was so overjoyed. Yeah. with that, you know, so it doesn't always happen that way, you know, some, you know, it's not, life's not perfect. It's not a, you know, movie in that regard. I mean, I think people, one of the things that's hurtful to everybody are these sort of manifestation stories where it's just like, oh yeah. And then a million dollars came in the mail, you know, and Ooh, boom, I'm good. You know, and everybody, my story wasn't that way at all. You know, this lasted two and a half years, not two and a half days or two and a half months. And that's a long time to have that level of stress. Uh, It wasn't always that stressful. I shouldn't say that. The circumstance. Have that level of, you know, difficult circumstance. Yeah. Um, But man, it made me good at that. It's shifting my state and it allows me to help people. One, I lost so much judgment, right? Like who doesn't judge somebody homeless, right? A lot of us have. Oh yeah, at, you know, because they're under functioning or they're just not motivated enough or they, you know, whatever. I mean, I was working my ass off, yeah. You know, and so it it dropped a lot of judgment for me. It made me able to coach other people through so many different kinds of circumstances and just really getting. Now, this is a concept that people talk about. It's not like I'm the first one that's going to say this, but. Not a lot of people talk about how to get through it, which is that we don't have to live internally, our mindset and our emotions, because you can't separate those, um, don't have to match our circumstances. They don't.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But we feel like they do all the time, right? Like, oh, if my lover would just change, if my job would change, if I had more money, if I lived somewhere else, if my kids would grow up and leave home or get born because I want to have a baby and I can't get pregnant, like whatever we, you know, we attach all these. Life would be grand if I could just create some circumstance. And the truth is, as much as I love circumstances that are lovely they aren't what's in charge of the level of joy that we feel feel in our lives.
0: It's facts. <laughs> it is facts. So,
1: yeah. Did that answer your question?
0: It did. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I really love the part about just getting out in nature. A lot of people yeah. answer that question that way, but it'll be getting out in nature until you feel it. Which until you feel it. I really love that you added that because feelings, I'm a 23 year old male are pretty obscure (laughs) to Ah, uh (laughs) me. And so it's something that I uh, often, um, I will often do the affirmations. I have my life essence statement written, you know, the whole Bob Proctor style. I'm so happy. Yes, yes,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep. I got all that written out. And there are certain things that sometimes I'll be saying it. It'll be like, I'm going through the motions. Then there'll be other times where it's like, I feel a lot of negativity. And I'm like, it brings me back to a moment in my life where it was really unhealthy negativity, like suicidal ideation yes. type negativity. Yes, yes. Uh huh. And I switch my thoughts and I really actually start focusing on abundance, start focusing on positive things. And then I legitimately feel different. Like it is the most wild thing. So the walking in abundance until you feel it, I respect that a lot.
1: Yes. And I love everything you just said, because of course I had my darkest days. I thought about, I kept trying to think of all kinds of clever ways that I could die and not have it look like a suicide. Right. Cause I don't want my kids and my grandkids to live with that. Um, I spent more time than I'd like to think, thinking about how to do that, you know? Um, but so that's legit, but what you're saying is so important because it is the feeling piece. First of all, most of us are not really connected to or can't name what we're feeling. Yeah. Okay. So I do a lot of stuff with companies and teams and stuff on emotional intelligence and building functioning, healthy teams in a work environment. And I love that work. And one of the things, um, one of the stats from the Emotional Intelligence 2.0 book is. That when asked only 30, 36% of people could identify how they feel. But, and so it is when we can get the thoughts and the feelings congruent. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, like in, I always think of Tony Robbins, when I think of feeling states, I don't know. That's (laughs) about a lot. I don't know if he's really the father of it, but I'm going to call him that. And so that's that state when he's, you know, I've done the firewalk thing with him. When you're walking across those hot coals, your mind and your feelings are absolutely congruent in a high powered, empowered state. Mm -hmm. And so that's that difference. Exactly what you're saying of when an affirmation doesn't work. It's because whatever we're feeling or in some other part of our brain are really focused on, isn't matching up with that. Then the body's going to win. The body's going to call that BS and shoot all those cortisol and, you know, stress hormones into your body. And you're just going to feel that whether your brain is saying I'm abundant, I'm abundant, I'm abundant or not. So that ability to cultivate, and I do this a lot with clients one-on-one to, to start to understand and discern is the word I like to use with it, how I'm really feeling. What am I, feel? am I angry or am I sad? You know, am I this or that? Like, what is it? What, what am I really feeling? Because it's such a, a powerful insight because, and I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like everything we think we want in those circumstances you know, that we imagine for ourselves. And I have a bunch of them. Again, I'm very goal oriented. I got my vision board. I got my big dreams. I want them mostly because of how I imagine it's going to make me feel when I get there. Oh, yeah. You know, so if we just feel it first, one, if pours fire on the manifestation flames you know it helps it keeps us it sustains the motivation that we start with that then gets boring after a while and tends to wane mm-hmm. that those feeling states will keep us moving towards it
0: yeah yeah no absolutely I love that and I think it's um emotional intelligence for me is something I had the the eq gangster is what he calls himself he he has like a whole community focused on emotional intelligence and for the longest time i thought it was just understanding other people's emotions but then he told me that it was like understanding your emotions understanding other people's emotions and understanding how they relate and i was like yeah man there's a lot more to emotion
1: (laughs) and it actually has to start with your own
0: yeah yeah. yeah.
1: Not like not to call you out because you just called yourself out. But yeah, it doesn't actually work when you start with other people. That's actually, I would argue, not emotional intelligence because it's super easy to be other focused. It's really yep. easy to discern what you need to do differently. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to look at my part. Right. So in the, you know, format framework of emotional intelligence, it starts with our self-awareness. Yep. And then self management or self-regulation or some word like that, I think of it as choice. So first of all, am I aware of what's going on for me, where I'm triggered, where I'm, you know, whatever. And then can I do anything about it? Right. Can I actually change the way I'm behaving so that it's more of a choice than a reaction. And then how do I start to engage with others? How do I intuit what's going on with them, check in with them, manage the, you know, interactions with all of us kind of a thing. Um, but I think I know for me with in my own life and with clients, and I'm sure you've experienced the same, like there's a big leap from I realize I'm doing something that's not serving me to and now not only do I not do that thing that's not serving me, I have replaced it with a different habit. Mm-hmm. That's three levels of change that have to happen. They're very distinctive in their differences and it you, we can't leapfrog over. I'm like, this is where I think of the difference between willpower and sustainable transformation. I can willpower myself through a spin class, okay? okay just hunkered down and, you know, all those things we're told to do, but I can't keep improving every week. It's been a year from now without some sort of sustainable transformation. Yeah. Cause you can't do willpower that long. It burns out. It's got a short fuse, which is why most people have stopped going to the gym already. This year, this July. (laughs) You know, so it's like, well, that's over. Sounded good in January, but I'm done with that. Because that's willpower. Mm -hmm. That's usually driven by a critical voice that says you're not good enough, you're not doing something good enough, whatever, whatever. And we go, okay, I'm gonna hunker down and do this. And we can do it in moving towards goals. I'm gonna write that book I said I was gonna write. I was uh, uh. but when it's driven by criticism and executed through willpower. To me, we very rarely finish the project (laughs) before all that burns out. But when we're driven by self-love, which is a ubiquitous thing to say, I guess, but anyway, just to be like, I want this because I think it's gonna be great for me and great for the world. Yep. And I'm gonna use my resources to create it. And I'm doing that because I want to, and I'll do whatever I need to do to keep myself motivated. And it's not coming from criticism. And I'm choosing it like that. That's a cycle you can sustain. Mm. I can do that every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm right there with you. And I think um, it gets easier to do as you do it more yes. often, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the big leap.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Love that book. I've read yeah. it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah I love the whole book.
1: leaving people behind, you know, yeah. He's got those four strategies, you know, four reasons why we tend to not, mm. you know, want to go to our ultimate, you know, best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And a lot of people just aren't acclimated to success, aren't acclimated to feeling good. Like they've built a habit of feeling bad, like literally.
1: Oh. Sure. <laughs> and feeling bad is so culturally accepted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like you can get sympathy, you can get help, you can get all kinds of accolades, actually,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you're suffering and feeling bad. And how many times do we attack people who are super successful? Yeah. You know, yeah. so there's a whole cultural thing that would drive us towards the habits that will keep us from being the highest expression of ourselves.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, I love it. So, a extreme ownership, but b walk yeah. in abundance until you feel the abundance, which means don't just walk the beach for a minute. Don't just yeah. do it thirty minutes. Do it for two hours if you need to do it.
1: If and- I had to, I would do it. Yep, absolutely. And I just wouldn't let myself stop until I got there. And if it meant I had to go home and go to bed, that's what I did. Like okay, I'll start again tomorrow. Because I always feel best in the morning. But that didn't happen very often. You know, usually in 30 minutes, an hour or so I can't it's like it comes online. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, no, I got it. And yeah, and and to me the other sort of litmus test maybe for how I was I don't want this to come out like it was a performance thing, but I don't know how else to say it to see how I was doing with it. So sort of test whether I was BSing myself or legit in the feeling was that I could look at my $50 in the bank and be okay. Mm. And in fact, even be like, awesome. Because actually, I have a little cooler in my car with some food in it. I'm going to get through my you know, I don't actually have to have any money today or maybe today I only need $20 and I've got 50. My gosh, that's more than twice what I need. Yep. So, and so when I think that's part of it is being able to not sugarcoat like that's not positive thinking to not realize I only have $50 in the bank. The the gold is in the feeling abundant and being able to think abundantly and no, I only have $50 in the bank. If I'm just pretending there's three extra zeros behind that, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's a start. It's better than nothing. It's better than being sucked into, you know, only $50 in your bank, but, uh, so go wherever you have to go. But eventually you grow into, I don't have to sugarcoat this. I can actually look at the truth of my situation or my circumstance and choose to feel and think in a different way.
0: Exactly. Because at that point, you've gotten to the point where it's like, my circumstances aren't dictating how I'm feeling and thinking.
1: Right. And they're not defining exactly you, right? Like that was a huge thing for me. There was just so much shame to me in being so broke. It's not how I see myself. I love money. I've made money. Like there was just a lot of shame around that. Yep. Which was again a lot of the silver lining because then I had to come face to face with, or I chose to come face to face with all those limiting beliefs around money that I really thought I had taken care of years ago in my journey in therapy and blah, blah, blah. You know, I would have said before this. No, I'm, I'm not bothered by that anymore. That's just not something I'm carrying anymore. But I was, mm. and I just didn't realize it.
0: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And circumstances just made it easier to carry.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. you easy to pretend you're, oh, because the last, one of the last um, like jobs where I was an employee and had a paycheck, um, I was making over six figures and I was just like, I'm not going to struggle with abundance again. Like I just know I don't have, because I had had other times where I thought I was broke, not compared to this other time, but anyway, um, that was my perspective. And I thought I'm never going to have to do this again. Cause I got it. Yeah. I got this abundance thing, but that's because I had a six plus figure salary coming into my Bank account every two weeks. Yep. <laughs> it was easier to feel abundant, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I found those things and I used the time. I chose to use the time to, you know, grow through them instead of get into blame or victimhood. I mean, I, I did that some days. I felt like a victim on some days. So I don't want to say I didn't, but ultimately, obviously, the victorious. Why? You read
0: to abundance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, she won, you know, so it, it was awesome. Yeah.
0: There we go. Well, now we're going to jump into your motivation. What gets you you okay. going every day?
1: I, I think my foundational drive for my whole life has been that I want to be the best version of myself that's possible. And my perspective of what that means and how I might've said it has changed a lot over my lifetime. But, but ultimately I want to, I want to go out with the whole candle burnt down, you know, like, I just want to give it all. Okay. And then right behind that is the idea of contribution or like, I really want to make the world a better place. And those two things really drive me.
0: I love it. So be the best version of yourself and actually make the world a better place.
1: Yes. In really tangible ways, uh, you might be able to tell this or, uh, you know, maybe not because it's only been 30 minutes or whatever, but I am very both like the big thinker and aspirational and visionary and all that great big picture stuff and concepts and blah, blah. Lovely. Love those. And I'm very pragmatic and practical. So I have to know, like, so how how am I going to do that? What does that mean? You know, how, which is why I loved your question about how I did that. How did I get an abundance mindset when I had $50 in the bank? I walked that beach. That's a tool. That's something I can keep going back to get myself in nature. You know, so I always want to have those. I want to make a practical measurable difference. Every client I have that it made their day to be in a session boom. I mean, there's nothing more thrilling and you know joyful for me because that is a tangible outcome for them. Absolutely. And that's my way of making the world a little better place.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, now we're going to jump into your dreams and goals. I think we've heard a little bit of them, but tell us about your vision for your business as a life coach and the rest of your life.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to be vulnerable. I thought about this before we came on. I'm going to be totally honest about this. It's, and I'll preface it with saying it is completely unrealistic. So <laughs> I don't care, okay? Can I, preface so your, I...
0: can I preface your unrealistic with a quote from Norman Vincent Peale? Yes. <laughs> awesome. So Norman Vincent Peale says, be totally optimistic about everything in your life for a week. And what you'll realize is that your realism was pessimism. And that your optimism is actually realism. So I just want to preface it with that. Yes,
1: that's great. And we can prove Norman Vincent Peale right, even with this, what I'm about to tell you, because here's what happened about, and this has just been a month, six weeks ago, maybe. Yep. I got this idea, you know, this vision. And it was really big because I could feel it was big. I didn't have words for it yet, right? But you know, when something big is in there, right? (laughs) I'm like, ah. And I kept thinking, I kept hearing the word media I'm like, media, like this is something big with media. Like, so it took me a little bit to work it out. What I realized is that I want to change. I want to shift the, I'll I'll leave it Western culture. I won't go for the whole world, but you know, we'll call it Western culture. There, the perception in Western culture about working with a coach, because right now. And again, I'm over, you know, this is over, you know, broad, but most people perceive working with a coach as something they do, like in a big crisis or something's really wrong. Or I, you know, I've tried all these other, I've bought 10 books and it's not helping yet. And so I got to go, you know, as if there's a problem with you and that's why you need a coach to help you. Yep. When in truth, Working with a life coach is the same thing as working with a personal trainer. And, you know, we could all just watch YouTube videos on TV for free, right? All the workout stuff, all we can get structurally what we could get it all for free, but we don't because we know it's going to be easier and we'll be able to do it at a higher level if we go get in the gym get in the personal trainer or you know get in a class instead of just doing it on our own whatever we know it's going to be both easier and we're going to do it at a higher level and that's exactly what life coaching is for our lives like you don't have to come to me in every session with some crisis come to me with i was working out last night and had a downward spiral at the gym and it just triggered me and i was beating up on myself and oh my gosh it was horrible Well, let's work on that because there's, there's a seed of greatness within that, that is waiting to be uncovered. And we're just not equipped to do all that ourselves because we have our own blind spots and we have our own, you know, internal prejudices and ideas and those kinds of things. So in the same way, I cannot create for myself the best physical body alone, even with the help of YouTube, (laughs) you know? The same is true of my mental and emotional state. And so I think that if I were on TV, so this is, so then then I went to what shifts culture the fastest television when it's on mainstream TV, like you think, well, you're too young, but if you went back 15 years, there's hardly a TV show with a gay couple on it. And if they are, they're not doing any PDA. I mean, nobody's kissing, you know, because it was just like crazy enough that they included a gay couple in the story, you know, who's probably the nosy neighbor or something. So, you know, caricature-ish, <laughs> but that's where it started. Well, today, you know, on every sort of just normal Grey's Anatomy, you know, whatever TV we see gay people in bed all the time. I mean, you know, it's just normal now. Nobody television, the media, movies, TV, it changed what we see as normal. Yeah. And so that's what I want to do with coaching. I want to be that coach that's either on the t- the regular, you know, serial TV show or have my own TV show or something. I'm not sure how that's all going to work out, but back to Norman Vincent Peale. So I have this vision And I'm like, well, hmm, lovely idea, but I have no other than I only live about an hour and a half from Hollywood. I have no connections to anybody or anybody that I know that I know that I know, you know, so I'm like how, you know, you don't just call up Shonda Rhimes and say, I want to start being in Grey's Anatomy. So I'm like, okay, I, I don't know how this is even possible, but I don't care. Because yep. I also believe what Norman Vincent Peale said. I'm like, I'm just going to keep moving forward because it feels good to me. And in a, in this short six weeks or whatever it's been since then, I have found three people who, because I've shared the dream, said, oh, I know, you know, yep. so-and-so, or I can help you with this. Or I, at my son's wedding last weekend, the maid of honor says, who works for Meta, you know, Facebook, social media stuff, she's like, I got all kinds of contacts in Hollywood. I'll set you up, you know, I didn't even know this woman a month ago when I had this vision, you know? So that's how fast, when we're willing to even take the craziest idea, how does a 61-year-old woman who's never been on TV, I do have purple hair though, which I think is definitely a calling card, you know? (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, I gotta say. It it doesn't matter how realistic it is. It's that I have that drive and the desire, and it makes me happy to think about it. Right. And then the doors start opening because I'm looking for them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my biggest thing. Um, I mean, I really, for fun, I want to do so much more traveling between COVID and being broke. I don't feel like I've gone anywhere for years And I love Italy. I mean, I've never been to Italy, but I want to go to Italy. I've been to Paris and a couple places in France, but I want to spend a lot more time there. There's just so many places I I want to travel to.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Do a lot more traveling. Shift the perception of Western culture about working with a coach through television.
1: Yes. You got it.
0: Are there any other dreams or goals that you want to talk about?
1: Uh, Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh without at the risk of setting myself up. Okay. So I'm sure you don't have creepy men like follow me around on Instagram, you know, on your show. So thank yeah. God you don't have those men here. But <laughs> I I have not been in a relationship for many years. Okay. And I would really love to have, you know, find the Jay-Z to my little inner Beyoncé. And have not the infidelity part okay but <laughs> the good parts you <laughs> know to have a partner that loved me and i loved him and we had fun and we played and we had that kind of match of ambition and <clears throat> success and drive and things like that i mean i think to partner romantically with somebody like that would just be the bomb and i haven't experienced that in that way the i've been married twice and they were not very ambitious and didn't support me and, you know, whatever. So <laughs> I would love to change that part of the story. I gotcha. I gotcha.
0: Sounds good. Well, if there were one or two people that you can meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help mm-hmm. you take the next step towards getting on television to shift the perception, as well as finding that romantic partner and perhaps doing a bit of traveling. Who would that person be? Ooh and how would they help you?
1: Someone that I have for many years really just admired sort of their trajectory in life, I'm not sure that they'd have a a TV specific tie-in but they're so influential they could figure it out, Um, would be Richard Branson. Like I think he, I would marry him in a heartbeat, except he's already got a wife, but you know, um, he could answer all the problems, but um, I just think his story and the risks he takes and the stuff he's done. And I think he really has a desire to make the world a better place, right. To leave it better than he found it. So I don't need anybody to ruin my illusions maybe about Richard Branson, but I like, he's somebody that I love his power and drive you know? And, um, so yeah, that would be somebody that comes to mind. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously Oprah wouldn't hurt. Right. (laughs) Just to be practical. (laughs) Stedman's got to have a friend for me, you know, Yeah, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. You'd be surprised how, um, how close you actually are to Oprah. So I had a person on the podcast come and say that her aunt talks to Oprah every Thursday because they. Oh my
1: gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, yeah, you know, you're right. It is. It is such a you know the six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, so you're right. I could be close. So if Oprah hears, I'm ready. I'm ready yep. for. I'm ready for my chance. Or Shonda, you know. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm ready to walk through the door. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our Thriving Three, and we're going to go through these quick because we have some more questions on the end as well. So
1: okay.
0: favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one.
1: Oh, right this minute, I have to say Top Gun. Boom. A Maverick, you know, the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to say Top Gun.
0: Great movie. Just watched. I guess I
1: was supposed to say your podcast, but... <laughs>
0: I mean, that's like a given answer for every guest. That comes of
1: course, up. besides <laughs> that, after that.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself?
1: Mm, it's how I start my day. So I have a whole little ritual of just meditation, always being by myself, but I live alone. So that's kind of easy right now. But even when I haven't lived alone, always time to myself, uh, journaling, drinking my coffee, sometimes I read something inspirational, but mostly it's just me connecting to me and the divinity within me. And that habit in the morning is non-negotiable for me. Like that's just, that is so important to start my day that way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel that. Love it. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Richard Branson, Oprah Winfrey, or Shonda Rhimes?
1: Well, talking about it, obviously, right? Because each door that has opened is just because I was vulnerable enough to share this, you know, idea. And so that is it. And then I also think we really underestimate the tiny things that can keep us motivated. Like it made me think of it, in the travel piece of what I want more of. So, because I want to go to Italy so bad, and I love to cook, I, I love to cook. And so, you know, Stanley Tucci has his show that is Searching for Italy. It's on CNN. He did six episodes last year and four this year, all about different regions of Italy and their cuisine. And so it meets all the needs of the foodie within me. I love Stanley Tucci and I get to see these parts of Italy. So even just watching an episode like that or cooking an Italian meal from scratch keeps me motivated to get that trip to Italy, even though right now I'm not in a position where I can actually go book a ticket or, you know, something like that. And I think so often, and I don't know if you agree with this, I think Sometimes we think these little things, it's almost like our mind in one area wants to just poo-poo it. Well, that doesn't matter. You know, that's not going to matter. And really the smallest thing can make such a big difference, particularly in this motivation, you know, theme to keep us going.
0: Yes, I completely agree with that. And much to my, I peg myself as a really big picture type of guy. Mm -hmm. like I'm not very detail oriented Mm -hmm. unless the details like really matter to my specific goal. So Uh like the color of the curtains in my house, like, is not something that I would really focus on. I probably wouldn't even notice the color, but Mm -hmm. like when I, when I used to play football, that was really important to me. That was my goal. And like being an inch off with how I moved when the ball was snapped, I was extremely detail oriented there. Yeah, so I think the little things, the right little things, can matter a lot.
1: Yes, ooh, that's such a good way to say it because we don't want to be like compulsive and crazy perfectionists, but those incremental adjustments, that shift, that inch, it can create such a different outcome, metaphorically and literally. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: it's um, it's great. And Love a great that. example of that is the, I think it's called Make Your Bed. That book by the um, Navy Seal. He just talks, um,
1: about, yeah, yeah,
0: talks about the little. Th- I haven't read the book, but I heard his talk. He talks about the importance of just making your bed. Yeah, how that small habit every day you come home to a clean bed, like that's a nice feeling, even yeah. if it's a really hard day, like that type of stuff.
1: Um, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm a big believer in making my bed.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, now we're going to jump into our last couple of questions. These all require a bit of pretext, so stick with me. Okay. A lot of people have come on the podcast and they have said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change. The catalyst that helps people make that switch is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. Do you agree, disagree, have anything to add or subtract?
1: Well, I am a bit of an anti-formula person. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a little part of me that wants to rebel against that. But, but there's a lot of truth in it mm-hmm. because whatever it is, I mean, we never change until we're ready to. I don't yeah. care how great of a coach you are or I am or anybody is. You know, I was trained by Martha Beck. She's Oprah's coach. She's probably pretty good at what she does, but she can't make anybody do anything they don't want to do. Yep. And so, yes, there's that, there there comes that moment where we're ready. It's that readiness factor of, and it's a spectrum. So it's not an all off or all on, but if I can have a crack in the window, doesn't even have to be the door. <laughs> That says, huh, there might be another way. There might be something else I could do instead of this other thing. And I think a lot of times hardship in life takes us to that point, or it takes us to the awareness of, I cannot keep doing this the way I'm doing this, you know? And so I think that that's the, where we can find gratitude in the challenges is that they do in the sort of iron sharpens iron kind of idea help us see what really has been holding us back whether we realized it or not um and inspiration can do that as well it doesn't have to be hardship but we just you know it it does happen a lot that's the the possibility that hardship brings is to be that opening so yeah yeah.
0: oh no for sure hardship is the one that was pointed out the most <laughs> when mm-hmm. people on the podcast came and answered that question. So given the same amount of extreme inspiration or extreme desperation, why do you think some people make the choice to change and others don't?
1: Well, so this is an uh, idea that Carl Jung, I think, originated. So I'll give credit where credit's due there to Carl. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um he said that what he called self individuation that we would think of as personal growth and you know getting to know who we truly are without the conditioning right we've all been conditioned by our family our culture everything but who am i really you know who is brenda really the journey to that and so expressing that which would be the same as expressing my highest self is what he would call self individuation And he said the drive to self-individuation is a drive like a sex drive or ambition or, you know, other things that are just like instinctive drives. I didn't ask for this big drive to be ambitious. It's just, it was there. I don't know how it got there. Okay. Same thing with the sex drive, you know, so, and we're all different in it. So I don't know if he's right, but that makes sense to me. Because I've known people who are functioning at very you know, difficult levels and won't hardly do anything to help themselves when it wouldn't even be that hard. You know? But it's like, they just don't have that drive to say, I, I don't wanna be here anymore. And, and so I, I don't, that, that's kind of what I go with. I think it's a drive. I don't think anybody has to be a victim To it, you know, if you're hearing that and you're thinking, oh, well, maybe I just don't have the drive, then I would say, no, that's not true, or you wouldn't be thinking that. (laughs) So (laughs) there's that, Um, you know, because I don't think we have to be a victim to anything that we're born into or given or experienced. I've had my fair share of trauma for sure. Um, But again, it's that drive to make that. Be something that ends up serving me instead of victimizing me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. This next question is actually about that drive. So, some people need a smaller amount of inspiration or desperation to change, and others need a larger, more consistent amount. That can be attributed to that drive that we were just talking about. And what do you think establishes that breaking point, the threshold, the drive one has, and can it be influenced?
1: Yes, for sure. I think it can be influenced. Um, again, I think that we are all capable of so much more than we even imagine, mm-hmm. you know, it's possible. So even if you want to say so there's a concept similar to what you're saying, that is we all have sort of a happiness or a positivity set point that we're just kind of somehow born with or something. And so that's why some people, it's just easier to be happy and positive than others. And if in fact, that's true, and I think people at Harvard think so, of course, people at Harvard have thought wrong things before, Correct. but even if they're right, then I, I just can't subscribe. my sort. I guess my spiritual belief my belief that we are all a piece of the divinity itself. However you think of it, you could think of it in a quantum science you know, realm and know that you are a spark of the infinite field. Yep. So even if you have a set point of happiness that's low, Sure, that may mean you have to work harder than I do because for me, it's easier. Like, sure, but then you're probably way better at football than I am. And it was probably easier than it would be for me if I tried, you know? So we all have these things that come easier to us than others, but every great athlete, and of course, I didn't ask you this before we got on, so you may not agree, but, you know, Michael Jordan, all kinds of great athletes have said, listen, I don't have more talent than anybody. I just worked harder. I practiced more. You know, so I kind of, that's how I see this in the personal growth realm, like wherever you may be in that drive or those set points, if they're, if those are real, it doesn't matter. All of us are a piece of the infinite and we can decide today, right this minute, that we're not going to keep going the way we've been going and then get the help to make it easier to get where we might want to go. Or just start to change that vision. I mean, I've coached people who are like, I got no dreams, no desires. I don't know. I don't know what I want. I've been doing, I coach a lot of people pleasers. And so in the people pleasing thing, you know, you're just so busy focused on what other people want. You don't spend any time thinking about what you want and you forget, you don't know anymore. Yep. But then we just have to cultivate that it's there. We are all these whole fantastic human beings within and it's just this other crap that piles on to where we can't see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love that. I'm right there with you. Um, definitely think it can be influenced. And maybe we're born with it. Maybe some past experiences shape us, our conditioning, but everybody can be, um, can experience love, joy, peace, patience, and all yeah. of, the fruit of the spirit, um, all the good things. Yes. In life.
1: yes. And, you know, you look at somebody like Viktor Frankl, who was a Holocaust survivor, and he he wrote the, a very famous book called Man's Search for Meaning. And, in, and he ended up even after getting out of Auschwitz, like creating his own kind of therapy modality. And he was the one, and you might've heard this because it's a very common quote, and I'll probably botch it a little bit, but he was the one who said, the that there's one thing that no man can take from another and that's his choice to feel free absolutely and so if a guy in auschwitz can get there literally what have i got that i can't i mean really i think about that all the time yeah and you know there's this beautiful book called the choice by a, a woman who survived the holocaust She's in her 90s. She wrote the thing at 90. And it's just all about that choice. She was victim. She was a victim of horrific things. But she chose not to see herself as victimized yep. by it. Like she couldn't change it. But then, you know, so if she can figure that out with what she had to go through, I can have $50 in the bank and figure out how to be abundant.
0: Absolutely. I'm right there with you. All right. We got one minute and one question. <laughs> so
1: sure.
0: got to run through this. Um, in when I ask this question, keep this person in your head. Fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change. Keep that avatar. So in got Atomic him. Habits, James Clear yeah. talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And the laws are make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy and make it satisfying. With those four laws in mind and the avatar we just talked about, how can we create an environment for that person who has a really fixed mindset? They're not willing to accept help. They're not willing to accept change. How can we create an environment for them that makes it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying for them to make the choice that will change their life?
1: Well, uh, one part of me wants to say we can't, I mean, we can create the environment but we can't make them make the choice, okay? but be super clear about that. You know, um, I think I've also read that we are motivated by two things. We're either running away from pain Mm -hmm. or we're running towards pleasure. And so when I hear those, the attractive piece really stands out to me (laughs) because a lot of times, if you can make something seem really attractive to somebody, they can grab hold of that. Yeah. Um, even though we are people more likely or more often are running away from pain, uh, pointing that out just doesn't always help a person make that shift. But I do think we're all unique and what motivates us to be able to move from that fixed state and not thinking we need to do anything Is going to be very different person to person. So, again, maybe that's my little bit of an anti formula, Brenda, coming out there. Um, (laughs) But I'm a big believer as a reformed people pleaser that all I can do is provide, you know, provide that kind of an atmosphere, we'll just call it whatever components it has. And it is only the other person's choice and responsibility to decide what they're going to do right like i can't there's no point that i can have any responsibility for what anybody else does that doesn't help and there's there's kind of this point of like okay now i've done all i can and now you've just got to decide if you want to stay i mean my first husband is a perfect example he stays in suffering basically <laughs> all the time. He just could never choose, you know, to go on the journey. And so, you know, he's not, and nobody can make him choose differently.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's why why I asked the question. I realized I couldn't change people, but I was like, I'm going to do all I can to help them change. So you got to create an environment that's catered.
1: To to be that catalyst, like that's how I think of myself all the time, either a catalyst or a facilitator. I love it. You give me anybody who's ready to look at something different, I'm good to go. But I'm not an evangelist in the traditional sense or the way I think of it growing up in a super fundamentalist religious environment where I'm going to preach to you about what's wrong with you and those sins you have and how you need to repent. Yeah. That's not my, my arena at all. Right there with you. Once you know, then I'm ready. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. That was
1: more than a minute.
0: It was on that note. I think we're (laughs) going to have to close this out. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Oh, thank you. I loved every minute of it. Thank you so much.
0: Of course. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Brenda had to say, make sure to reach out to her. Her links will be in the show notes. So all the ways to contact her we will be there. As we always ask, go ahead and shoot this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.